everyone. It's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. Do you ever dread coming into work because there's a client or a customer that you have to talk with that you really can't stand or at least you dislike? This is a symptom of a bigger problem in your business that's causing unnecessary stress and really hampering your business growth in the long run. Let's talk about how to avoid it. Do you have a small business that sells to other businesses? If so, you probably know that there are plenty of resources for companies that market to consumers or companies that sell to large and Fortune 500 type of companies. But what about the small businesses in the middle who sell to other companies? Where do we go to get answers? How do we grow our company consistently while still keeping our sanity? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who are willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe, and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having a fantastic day today. In the last episode, we talked about the importance of that term culture and how to use it to grow your business. In this episode, I want to talk about the type of clients or customers we have and the importance of having the right ones and how we can get them. First, let me ask you a question. You know, if you're involved directly with clients either over the phone or at least dealing with client program or problems, have you ever had one of those days where you dreaded coming to work because you were going to have to call that client? I mean, the one you don't enjoy talking to, the one that causes problems for your customer service people, the one that's generally a jerk in your opinion, or at least, you know, at the very least, clearly doesn't share your values about business and how it should be conducted. I think most of us have. I mean, I spent a lot of years in this scenario. I would see an email from a client that was upset about something or just wanted to, quote, talk about their account and knew what that was about. Even if I wasn't the one responding to the email, I was usually involved in the decision of how to respond and had to watch my customer service reps go through it. Yuck. I mean, that's not how you want to start your day. On the other hand, you know, I'd sometimes see an email or get a message from a client and think, oh, cool. I get to talk to Sally today. She's a super nice lady. Wonder what's going on with her business. You know, it took me a lot of years of stress, anger, and despair to figure out the first kind of interaction, the kind you dread, is not really a requirement in business. I used to think, well, you know, there's always going to be some jerks or, you know, let's face it, stronger wording if this wasn't a clean podcast, but you know, I would think, well, you know, okay, suck it up. That's, you know, business, they're paying for it, get over it and deal with it. And, you know, I'm not saying you're ever, never going to have a negative interaction or a client who's not someone you want to have a beer with, but largely you can minimize the negative interactions with clients in one way. And that way is simple. Don't attract and don't take on clients you don't want to do business with on a regular basis. Well, duh, you say that, you know, it sounds like a little juvenile and unrealistic, but stick with me for a minute on this. Unfortunately, for probably 15 of the last 20 years running my B2B marketing company, Sales Double, you know, I let my team get abused. I stressed myself out and put out negative reputation info into the marketplace. This was all unintentional, and I actually thought I was doing the right thing by trying to placate, you know, less than polite clients and take anyone with green money for that matter. You know, and as you may have experienced, most inbound customer service calls are not positive. I mean, generally speaking, people don't call and say, Hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know uh, how happy I am and you're doing a great job. I mean, let's face it. Usually they're calling with a problem and sometimes they're irate. Because of this negative interaction and inbound complaints, you know, over the years, I kind of developed a distaste for a lot of our clients, at, at least privately. You know, I didn't make it known to my team, but that's what I was thinking. You know, and the loudest complainers starting to get you, making you think, uh, you know, everybody's ticked, even though it's a small amount. Just like these days, how the media blows up something when most people don't actually think that way, but because the media acts like everybody thinks that way. You know, and this really kind of jaded me with our clients and 
as business became more about money than it did about relationships and serving our clients. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's embarrassing to admit. And in retrospect, I'm ashamed of my attitude. But as the stronger personality between my partner and I, this attitude started to permeate our culture as a company. And, you know, if you listen to the last episode about culture, you can imagine how this affected our company. Looking back, though, I, I realized it just wasn't because of my attitude. Yes, I take responsibility for my own actions and thoughts, but my business partner and I unknowingly set ourselves up to create this environment. And it wasn't just random. It was for front one reason. We'd taken on and attracted the wrong clients. It wasn't until my business partner passed away several years ago that I was forced to think about my business in a different way. And this was one of my realizations. You know, the client base that we'd built over 15 plus years at that time was generated with little thought or qualifications. Basically, anyone with a credit card we took on as a client. Unfortunately, I've seen this a lot with other entrepreneurs and my heart goes out to them because I know exactly where they're coming from. So to start, you know, the question is, why do we build our business with a lot of the wrong clients? How do we start attracting the right ones? And what do we do with the ones we already have? First, you know, I've talked about clients that I didn't like or didn't want to do business with. And I should clarify that. I mean, the people who aren't ideal clients for my business aren't bad people at all. They're just aren't the right people that I think our business can serve effectively because they have different values or priorities or they see the world differently than we do. I mean, it doesn't make them bad. So this is not meant to be judgmental at all. So that said, you know, we should talk about why having the wrong clients is a bad idea and why it isn't worth it. You know, the biggest and most obvious reason is the old life is too short. You know, entrepreneurs are generally a high-strung bunch, and we don't need additional help in creating stress in our lives. You know, if you have come to work and spend most of your day dealing with people that you just don't see eye-to-eye with, you know, or you can spend your day with people you respect and share common interests with, you know, which one are you going to choose? I mean, pretty easy decision. Besides just generally creating stress for you personally, if you have a team of employees who are interacting with clients who are the wrong ones, you failed as a leader, in my opinion. I know I did. You know, one of your jobs as the leader of your company is to ensure that the people that run your company, the day-to-day operations, enjoy their job. I mean, I guarantee if your customer service reps are dealing with a bunch of jerks who cuss them out on the phone and make their life difficult, they can only put up with that for so long. I mean, that's why there's an enormous turnover in call centers for large companies. People can only take so much abuse from irate customers. Part of your job as a leader is to safeguard your employees. For them to be effective and be satisfied with their work, they have to know you have their back. And from a business perspective, it's bad business to have your clients who make your employees cringe when they see the caller ID. Speaking of stress, if you're personally stressed out as the leader because you brought on the, the wrong clients and have to deal with them or your team does, it's really a disservice to those customers. I mean, how hard are you going to work to improve your product or service to serve customers that you don't respect, don't have anything in common with, and quite frankly, just don't like them? I mean, it's unlikely those customers are going to get the best out of you. It's just human nature. So by bringing on the wrong people as clients, you're actually not helping them. You're just hurting them, regardless of how wonderful your product or service is. Also, let's talk about this from a sales perspective. I mean, which prospects do you think are more likely to do business with you? Those who like you, like your philosophy as a company, like the way you do business, share some of the same values and so on? Or do you think people who don't have a similar belief system about business? I mean, obviously, it's the one that uh, can relate to you. Basically, your tribe, as they say. So not only do the wrong clients make yours and your team's life miserable, but they're also harder to sell on becoming a client. I mean, let's face it, we all prefer and will pay more for a product or service that we, where we like the salesperson or feel a connection, you know, to that person uh, versus, you know, somebody that we don't want to be around. And finally, having the wrong clients is just bad for business and even more so for your business's reputation. If you bring on the wrong clients, you know, they're going to have the wrong expectations. 
They're going to judge your performance based upon their values that don't match yours. And they're likely going to quit buying from you or quit paying for your service fairly quickly. And not only that, when they leave, which they always do, you think they're you know, singing your praises uh, you know, to their friends and their contacts? I think not. You know, quoting, quote, taking the money from anyone who will pay, you know, it's very tempting in the short run. But the stress it causes you and your team, the poor service and results that uh, the wrong client will get, and the damage that it's going to cost your reputation, it's just not worth that short-term cash pop. It's hard to do, but it's the right thing to do. And really, in business, it's the smart thing to do. So you're thinking, well, you know, this all makes common sense. But really, the question is, why do so many of us fall into this trap of taking on the wrong clients? And there's a couple of reasons in my mind. I mean, number one, like I mentioned, you know, we want the money. And I totally get that when you're starting out and aren't backed by a lot of investment capital. You feel like you need to take on anyone who will pay you. And I know that's the way we were for many years. I mean, it starts out of desperation for cash flow, but the problem is that it becomes a habit over time. I mean, I'm not saying if you're starting out, uh, you should never take the cash. I mean, that's just unrealistic. But the important thing is to get out of the, that mentality as quickly as possible. When you do do this, make sure you remind yourself that, hey, this is probably a bad idea in the long run. So as soon as we can afford it, you know, we'll stop doing it. You know, while the cash flow need is understandable, I think just as big of a problem is not defining who your ideal client is from the beginning of starting your business. I know this was a big problem for our company, Sales Double. Even when we could start affording to turn away clients, our definition of an ideal client, or at least who we would take on, was basically someone who could pay and someone we thought our service would work for. And that's about it. You know, the consequences of that lack of clarity and the intentional planning of who we wanted as clients was substantial over the years. I mean, we had all the problems I just mentioned about the wrong clients. It stressed me out personally. It stressed our team out. Our clients weren't that happy, and it didn't help our reputation. You know, defining your ideal client as someone who could pay and someone who thinks your product or service is not what you need when talking about the ideal clients. It's way more than that, and it took me many years to figure that out. I think the third major reason we ended up taking on clients who were not ideal clients is that we're not aligning our marketing and sales messages to target those ideal clients that we want and repel those we don't want. Again, just taking on somebody who can pay and possibly use our services, casting too wide a net and isn't marketing to the right people. If we don't market to the right people, we're going to get exactly what we don't want. I mean, it's as simple as that. Hey, so I generally don't like to do this, but I'm going to sign off and uh, split this episode into two, uh, just because I like to keep most of my episodes under 20 minutes and it's going a little bit long. So in the next episode, we're going to complete uh, what we're talking about here and more so about how we can actually attract the right clients and repel those uh, in some specific steps to do that. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform and give me your honest feedback. Also, I put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years owning a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. 